Hello and welcome to Rocket's Accelerated Geek Conversation. I'm Simone DeRochefort, Senior Video Producer at Polygon.com. And I forgot to tell you that this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace <laughs> and ExpressVPN and Willow Tree. And now that that information has blasted your brain clean like a sandblaster <laughs> on some 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 concrete or perhaps a fine wood. Uh, the not BFG sure. from Doom. The BFG from Doom. Yeah, or, or maybe a car surface. I don't know what they use sandblasters <laughs> on. Um, I, I'll tell you again that I'm Simone Rochefort, and I'm joined today by Brianna Wu, Democratic candidate for Congress, and Christina, Christina Warren, Senior Cloud Advocate at Microsoft. How's it going, ladies? Woohoo! It's going to be a good episode. <laughs> it is going to be a good episode. So TikTok turns one year old this month, uh, and I wanted to talk about that and make that our first topic of the day because I don't think we've spent a lot of time on TikTok on this show. And we've talked about Vine in the past. We've talked about other, I think we did a segment on Peach when that app uh, we lived did. and died Whoa. in the day. It was a beautiful day, but you know, it was, it was such a, a day. day. But it was a day. TikTok has lasted a year and it has increasingly become extremely important uh, for for the youth of today. <laughs> that, that, that makes me sound like I was <laughs> it, 80. It is New Vine. Yeah, it, it, it is, is New, new Vine. Vine. It is extremely popular with teenagers. It is extremely popular with early 20-somethings. Um, and it is a rich vein of tech. So I wanted to kind of use this one-year anniversary of TikTok to set the stage for what I'm sure will be Another year, at least. <laughs> so, so yeah. covering TikTok, or let's, maybe a let's month. Tell listeners, just in case they're the old. Yes, like I am. I will explain uh, what TikTok like, I is. I know what TikTok is because I'm down with the things. Simone. Of course, why, you why do. You but for other people, people that are listening, yes. <laughs> uh, TikTok is a video app similar to Vine. Uh, that it's Vine. It's Vine. Okay, but it's also Musically. It is a reskinning well, of was, Musically. It's a respin of Musically. Yes. 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 Uh, which it was a lip syncing app uh, that was really popular uh, with a lot of young teenage girls. Um, that app did okay. It had its moment in the sun. Uh, it was bought and rebranded by a company called ByteDance, uh, which is a Chinese company that is quite successful. They also own another video app called Douyin over in China. And it was rebranded. It was launched in August a year ago. And it kind of, it took off by much like Vine harnessing these viral hashtag challenges where everyone does their own spin on a particular kind of video. Um, I, I think the first one, I just read a, a Verge article looking back on a year of TikTok. And the first one they really promoted was called the Pose Challenge, uh, mm -hmm. where, you know, in 15 seconds, you demonstrate I think six poses and it sounds very simple, but uh, it's all set to music. It's all edited. There are interesting editing tools in the app. So it went, it, TikTok videos go viral for the same reason that Vines did in that they are usually short. They're under a minute long. They are very catchy. They often incorporate identifiable music uh, and they're really funny a lot of the time. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I think that, it, and then what what, um, what ByteDance has done that Twitter really didn't do with Vine, I think, is that the app itself is just this, it has like, it's very similar to Instagram in that you kind of have this nonstop just feed of stuff mm -hmm. that's just really good, you know, that you kind of go through one hashtag, one thing, and then you go into another, and you can just kind of watch these things 
on a loop and they're really funny, but there's not what I appreciate it about it as an old is that there doesn't feel like there's this huge pressure to like sign up for an account or mm-hmm. like participate myself or anything. You know, I can just kind of lurk and enjoy the memes. And there's also a lot of, again, similar to Vine accounts on other social media platforms devoted to sharing TikToks, uh, which is something I think we'll get into later when we start to talk about monetization or lack thereof. That was also very, very um, similar to Musical.ly. Like Musical.ly, even though it had a relatively small impact compared to, say, TikTok or or, or some of the other things, Mm -hmm. you would see lots of Instagram accounts or Snapchat accounts or YouTube things that were, you know, compilations. And there were a number of stars that, like, would jump from Musical.ly to one of the bigger social platforms. So, so Simone, I would love to know, like, uh, you and I, we use social media very differently, right? Like, I'm a politician, and you're, you're there more for, for fun. And I've often, like, every time a story about Vine, I'm, I'm sorry, now Vine, <laughs> TikTok <laughs> comes up. <laughs> it is the same product, Christine. It's the exact same product. But every time a story about this comes up, I, I, my first reaction, I can't believe I've never said this to you, is I think about how great your video sense of humor and your presence would translate over to this. So I've actually been surprised like you are like one of the top stars there because <laughs> I think you would be really good at it if you tried. That's very kind. But I do think that there the editing skills and the sensibility that it takes to create, in the case of Vine, a six-second joke or in the case of TikTok, a 15 to 60-second joke it's a very specific skill and sensibility and sense of timing. And it's not that I don't think I have a sense of comedic timing, but that I have not really exercised that in the short form. And I think it would be a learning curve. And also yeah. just like the the amount of creativity that some of these people show and coming up with their TikTok ideas is it's it's huge and it, they clearly put a lot of work into it and that kind of segues me very nicely um into talking about little nas x who of course yep. did get his start um on tiktok along with soundcloud um in creating old town road uh that and a really cheap sample a really with a really, really cheap really- nine inch nails sample <laughs> Well, no, 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 no. Like he bought like the beat that he bought. It was like fifteen dollars. Oh my god! Oh the oh the beat. Okay, what a genius! Yeah, like 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 he was a Nicki Minaj stan account. I'm not even joking. Really? He was literally he was a Nicki Minaj stan Twitter account who bought this sample, made this thing, put it on SoundCloud. It became huge on TikTok, and it is now like has the record for like the top number one, like the longest reigning number one song on the billboard hot 100 it's it's insane like it's and and i i as frustrated as i am by how the streaming rules around billboard and stuff works i can't even be mad at like this queer kid who like hell yeah man he's gaming he the system 15, in the cleverest he bought of ways dollar sample and you made like a huge ass hit mm-hmm. like and on props. tiktok that song was used in a meme where basically the the joke is the song starts and it's that gentle like guitar plucking duh and on the drop uh when the vocals come in uh it hard cuts to whatever the subject of the video was but now wearing a cowboy hat uh which sounds not funny when i explain it verbally but it was very good 
Um, and that TikTok is part of how that song started to go viral. Um, and now it's been the number one reigning Billboard uh, 100 song for longer than any other song, which is appropriate because it's a freaking great song. So, so uh, <laughs> this is the old on this podcast today. Yay. Uh, I do hate to rain on your parade, but there, there are some really serious NatSec concerns about TikTok um, as, as terrible as awful, as as unbelievably bad for democracy as Facebook has been, and as bad as Twitter has been uh, for uh, for the discourse in America, um, it gives me even more pause the fact that TikTok is essentially run by Chinese investors, and um, I really deeply worry about what happens when, you know, this American social media network that uh, basically a, a Chinese corporation has unfettered access to location data and, you know, who's on it, when, what they're looking at. Um, one of the things in America is that there's always going to be some some alliance between corporations and, uh, and government, but it is way different in China. Like Huawei is seen as a national treasure and, you know, the Chinese government will do whatever it needs to do in its interest to help them prosper. So um, I, I, for that reason, I might watch a TikTok that goes viral, but I sure as hell wouldn't spend time there. How do you feel about that, Christina? Because I, I don't know if it's just me being kind of lazy about it, but I, <laughs> I do feel like there are so many dangers online that worrying about this particular one feels a little, it, it tires me. And I think even when we were talking about Huawei, we, I don't remember what our conclusion necessarily was about whether that threat was unfounded or not. Yeah. It ended up being founded just for the record. Mm -hmm. So but that's another show. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I still feel like there's a certain amount of xenophobia in some of this. I don't disagree yeah. necessarily with what Bri is saying, although at the same time, it's like, where do we draw the line on this? Because for a really long time, there were, you know, um, uh, uh, Yuri Milner's, um, you know, uh, investment group, DST Ventures or whatever, is Russian and invested in every major tech company basically yeah. for a long, long time Fair. and then had their own yeah. things. And so I look at this and I don't necessarily disagree. I guess. But I also feel like I would need to see proof that something was happening with the data, that things were happening. And that has happened. Like there have been concerns about, okay, how is this company using information from minors and stuff that's being uploaded? And I think mm -hmm. that's a valid concern to say. But I think that would be true regardless of who owned it. Like I, I think that that's separate from the the nationality of the ownership. Um, yeah, and that's fair. If I could say this, AT&T came out today, the Justice Department brought a suit forward because uh, it was found out that uh, employees were being bribed of AT&T Wireless were being bribed by foreign government millions of dollars to, ins to implant malware in the AT&T oh infrastructure. So, I mean, you're not, to come back to your, your point, Simone, like, you're, you're right. Like, you get online, there's danger. Don't ever go online. It's a bad idea. And maybe it's the role of government to start looking at, like, privacy laws and privacy standards so people don't have to think about this as much. But in its current form, I, I, it, it's, it's fair, I think, that it gives me pause. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a, another issue around TikTok as well. Um, 
one that might divide people, which is that currently, unlike YouTube uh, or Instagram, or sorry, YouTube or Twitch, there's not really a good way for people creating things on TikTok to earn money. And or Mixer. Or Mixer. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry, I had, yeah, I had to make a joke about Mixer. that. It's fine. <laughs> Listen, you have well, Ninja. I mean, just I, that was the that was that was why because I think that's funny. It's very good. It's very <laughs> good. Um, but I, I think you can view that issue as of two minds, and one is that on a lot of the apps and sites that we use nowadays, people are encouraged to commodify what starts as a hobby and to turn a hobby into an unstable job that consumes their life. Um, but on the other hand, people who are creating works, um, whatever those may be, if they have a way to earn money off that, that, uh, that is probably good for them because they, they're putting, they are making the app make money for itself and its creators. So there should be a way for them to earn money from that as well. And for TikTok, the only way to do that is really to create relationships with brands and get paid for, um, for content spots. Uh, and there's not there's not pre-roll as there is on YouTube, which makes sense because the videos are very, very short. It would be horrible if they were pre-roll. Uh, but TikTok has this huge audience, uh, both in terms of creators and viewers, and has not found a way to help those people make a living on the app. Yeah, I mean, you could say the same thing for Snapchat, though. Like, Snap, obviously. And Snapchat sucks and is dead. (laughs) I I know. But my point is, is that when it didn't suck and when it wasn't dead, unless you were, you know, one of a handful of influencers, that was the same thing. And so, I mean you know, Vine didn't have that method either. And in fact, famously, it was it was Viners like the Paul brothers. God help us. Oh, my <laughs> God. Uh, well, I'm getting That was the most like the 2018 oh. sentence I've ever heard. Wow. Indeed. Uh, but but it was it was people like that, though, who like complained. And, and I think hilariously and wrongly. And we're like, oh, we could have saved Vine if they would have paid us all all a million dollars a year. Ha. Huh. Sure. Um, and, and so, you know, I mean, at a certain point, like I, I but I, I think your your question actually this kind of goes into what Brie was talking about, too. I do think this opens up an interesting question, though, which is how does this become monetized? What is the business model here? Obviously, they have the in-app purchase stuff with the coins and, and, and you could, you know, do upsells for other stuff. But that that's not going to bring you in like Instagram money. Right. So mm-hmm. what is the what is the um, business model? And in that case, you do have to say, OK, well, are they just going to be selling and, and using, you know, user information? And if that's the case, then I think that's actually a bigger concern for me than how does the influencer make money? Because I think every platform we've seen since before there were official ways to do any of that, the people who, ha- who, who want to take this hustle to the next level and want to make money off of it will do it. People were doing it on YouTube before YouTube had ads. You know, people mm-hmm. were doing it on Instagram before there were things that way. You know, people... There, there were Patreon type things before Patreon existed. Like influencer marketing is obviously becoming a much bigger deal in a real industry. But at this point, the way you make money off of those platforms is that you have a big audience. Like that's going yeah. to be the key mm-hmm. to making a lot of money more than anything the platform can offer you. In fact, what the platform offers you, as we've seen time and time again, again, using the Paul brothers as a great example it's irrelevant how much money they make off of AdSense. You know, Logan Paul, when he was removed from YouTube Preferred, who cares? He's making, yeah, they're getting you know, brand deals. Times that they're merch. wearing fun shoes in their videos and getting paid for that, et cetera. Right. Mm. Yeah. 
Well, uh, stay tuned for more speaking about TikTok, I'm sure, on this show and everywhere until you are sick of it, uh, until it becomes irrelevant, like every other app before it. <laughs> <laughs> no, TikTok's got staying power. It, it, it does. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store. Maybe you want to create a portfolio. Maybe you want to create a blog. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install. No patches to worry about. No upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Squarespace has got it covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. And they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And guess what? All of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. I have very much enjoyed uh, my time working with Squarespace, where I have my author website, which is very, very pretty. I did finally, if you've been listening to this show for a while, you know <laughs> that <laughs> I, uh, I went through a few templates because I kept getting distracted. And like, I, I have the website, I finished the website, and then I'd be like, but what if I looked at the templates again? And then I would look at the templates and then I'd be like, oh no, time to create another sample website and just look, just look at it. And it does the thing where it will preserve your, most of your content, but you can see it in the new template with whatever those default fonts are and everything. And then you go down the road of like, well, what if I modify that font back to the font that I've already chosen and liked? What if I, what if I just put some new images here? Because this website or this template has different image options. Oh no. Oh no. I've created another website. And that's (laughs) how you get websites, folks. So if you'd like to get websites, Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month. You can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com slash rocket. And then when you decide to sign up, use the offer code rocket to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for rocket. Once again, that is squarespace.com slash rocket and the code rocket to get 10% off your first purchase. We thank Squarespace so much for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace. Squarespace. Make your next move. Simone, just want to let you know the website, simonespace.com, is available. Simonespace. It's very attractive. It's my space. It might be worth like just getting for you, Simone, just so you can like have yet another place to. So I can create a social network for Simone's, yes. <laughs> but, but also just play around with Squarespace templates because that is like your yeah, favorite. Hi. Like that's like one of those stress relieving activities for you. I feel like yeah. like it's one of those things where you're soothed by <laughs> just going through your different options. It'll be like a monthly thing where every every month you log into Simone Space and you see a new website about me. How about this? It's one of those ASMR videos. Like you could do it. You're like, and I'm changing the font to Helvetica. I shouldn't have click, taken a drink click, when you click. said that. Oh my god. I almost (laughs) dribbled all over my microphone. Uh, Hey, while we're talking about stuff, I want to let y'all listeners know that uh, if you are a Relay FM member, we have a bonus episode going up next week. I believe it's going up on the 14th. 
Uh, Y'all can confirm whether that is indeed what I said to you over WhatsApp earlier today. I think that's true. I think that's accurate. It is. (laughs) And if you're interested in, say, hearing that episode, um, all you have to do is become a member at Relay.fm. And you can do that by clicking on membership up at the top bar. Uh, They have a $5 a month membership, a $10 a month membership, and a $100 a year membership. That's the annual membership. And you don't just get one bonus episode of Rocket. You get all of their stuff. You get all the bonus shows from all the Relay shows. Wow. Yeah. Bonus shows from Relay shows. Uh, you get <laughs> wallpapers and you get to support podcasters who are hopefully making content that you enjoy. Um, and that's super. That's how indie podcasts survive uh, in this harsh climate um and i know that we really appreciate everyone who has become a donor and they will be getting a fun bonus. oh yes it's a good one it's a good one we did actual research we did this. actual like, research like yeah no i did actual research <laughs> okay but that was by design yes that was by design and no this is it was it's it's hella good and also like you said in in this post luminary world What's an oh. indie podcaster to do? You know, what are we to do? We're so impoverished. We must make do with what we get. <laughs> I can't stop creating content. I just want to live. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by ExpressVPN. You might think that nobody wants your online data or to snoop on you, but when you browse the web without anything to protect your privacy, you risk hackers, ad companies, and more collecting your data. And it does happen to people like us, which is why I recommend ExpressVPN. And when I use it, then I turn from Eeyore into a happy thing. ExpressVPN runs in the background of your computer or phone. It encrypts your data and hides your public IP address. Just download the app, click connect, and you're protected. ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar. It uses new cutting-edge technology called Trusted Server to make sure there's no logs of what you do online. Love that. It costs less than $7 a month, and it comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Uh, So you're listening to our show, Rocket. So you probably already, you do know, you do know that it's super dangerous online and people are getting scammed and stuff stolen from them all the time. And maybe you've thought, uh, yeah, um, but yeah, but I am lazy though. Well, you don't have to be because you can start protecting your online activity today. You can get three months free and find out how at expressvpn.com slash rocket. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash rocket for three months free with a one-year package. Take back your online privacy at expressvpn.com slash rocket. Thank you so much, ExpressVPN, for your support of Rocket and all of Relay FM. So, as you know, if you have been uh, aware and awake this week, there was unfortunately another mass shooting. Uh, I th- believe there were two. There were two. Yeah. Um, uh, there was a third one today at another Walmart. What the? Okay. Oh, my God. So the one that we are talking around today is the one that happened in El Paso. Because after that shooting, what happened was that 8chan's network service provider, Cloudflare, uh, dropped the website. Well, for, for, well, first, slight back up. The reason was because for the second time now, really kind of the third, but, but officially kind of the second time, the manifesto of the person believed to be the shooter was 
posted on 8chan. Yes. Before the attack happened, before this terrorist attack happened. And 8chan is, of course, uh, the forum that spun off of 4chan, which is another forum that is kind of infamously toxic and a sort of anything goes environment where the anything goes ethos has been taken to its extreme and then 8chan is the even more extreme version of that um several manifestos this year for shooters have been posted on 8chan with the intention of making them go viral so it is a very nasty place so uh cloudflare uh who had been their longtime host dropped the service after that 8chan moved their service to uh epic epic with a k not epic who owns fortnite um, which owns another uh, a DOS protector called BitMitigate uh, that would ostensibly, you know, protect its websites from DDoS attacks. But then their provider, Voxility, and this is very, sorry for all the names that I'm dropping, but this is, it's all important. Um, Voxility, which provides network support to Epic and BitMitigate, dropped them when they took up 8chan, which then left 8chan vulnerable to DDoS attacks. And it is has since been taken down as well as the white supremacist website Daily Stormer. Um, so both of those websites have been toppled, even if temporarily right now, due to the strange network of ownership of things in the ephemeral world that is the online. And amid all that, the uh, current owner of... HN Jim Watkins uh, has Congress has requested that he come testify about what he is doing to stop violence from. Oh, please. He's never showing up. He lives in the that Philippines. Would be a fool. He's in the he'd Philippines. He, he, he's not getting on an airplane. He's saying exactly where he is. Please. Do you think he would ever go back to the Philippines if he came here again? Why would he leave? Like he, he doesn't live in, he's not a United States citizen. I mean, yeah. I mean, he is, but like he, he, he's an expat. Like it would be really dumb of him to leave the Philippines. Yeah. Like, no, he's not going to do it. This isn't a game. This is, no. this mm-hmm. is very, very serious stuff. Um, you know, a lot of people were killed this weekend. The rhetoric, uh, I, my instincts are always to try to not make this partisan, but people have compared uh, his manifesto to Trump's language. And uh, word by, I'm sorry, it just gets me a little emotional. Word by word, it's very similar stuff. So, um, you know, I, I know, Christina, we often wrestle about the role of free speech and open speech on this show. I think in this case, HN is such a terrible actor that um, I, I think they've got to go. Um, I just don't see any value they're doing for anything here. Uh, it's it's If we're going to shut down websites that recruit ISIS, I really feel like HM belongs in that same category, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I actually completely agree with you. I mean, I think that it was... I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit frustrated with Cloudflare on a couple of levels. One... For a long, long time, their CEO has basically kind of said, we will host anything that is legal and we will take anyone's money. And there were conversations that they said years ago where they were like, we would take ISIS's money if we could, but we're legally barred from taking it, right? And on the one hand, you can kind of say in a vacuum that that kind of commitment to free speech and that sort of thing is, you know, uh in some ways, some people would call it admirable and say, okay, if you're going to be, you know, limiting this to, to things that are, are deemed legal, that's fine. 
And then um, two years ago, after uh, Charlottesville, um, they removed the Daily Stormer off of the site. And the the CEO made that decision and was basically kind of like, I'm going to do this because they've really kind of pushed me too far. And then he wrote that he regretted it and and didn't feel like he should have had that level of responsibility where he would be able to kind of make a unilateral decision and kick someone offline. But as we saw, what happened is that, you know, uh, the Daily Stormer was able to find other um, uh, people to host their DNS and other people to keep their websites online. Um, I, I think the same thing is is true of um, HN. I mean, I think that, like you said, we have no problem kind of going after and getting other terrorist activity wiped off of the internet. Um, this is the sort of thing where I, I don't believe that, at least at this point, I don't think that it needs to be a government thing. I think that this is something where companies can just stand up and say, we're not going to host this. We're not going to yeah. have this content up because if people want to find another way and other hosts in other countries and other jurisdictions where things might be more legal, then that's that's one thing. But we, but you know, our infrastructure providers and our you know internet hosts and these other private companies, I feel like they have every right to say we're not going to aid in this. Yeah. Um, I I understand the slippery slope arguments, but at this point, how many times does one community have to be? Uh, you know, like uh, associated with something. Other thing that bothers me, and I'll say this, I saw that you tweeted something similarly, but I just want to speak up and say, because I said this myself, I think before I even saw any of your remarks, the person who founded HN is now trying to um, kind of craft, in my opinion, a like, you know, redemption arc for himself and say, oh, I, I, I'm a Christian now and, and uh, I wish I'd, ne- and I wish this site would go away. And people are are quoting him and are interviewing him and are treating him with any sort of sense of reverence, which he does not deserve. And I think that's gross. And I don't think that he deserves anybody's, you know, absolution. I don't think that he is sorry for what he did. And I don't think he should be able to get away with saying, oh, well, I haven't been involved with it since December. So it's not on me. And I'm, 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 I'm speaking out now, guys. It's like, no, yeah. you, you created this, you aided this community, you helped build this up. One of the responsibilities is that when it goes too far, if you claim you've changed, is that you have to accept your role in all of that. Yeah, he needs to face the music. And, you know, the, the part of the law that indemnifies uh, website providers if, uh, you know, crimes are committed on uh, their networks, it only applies if they are proactive at doing some sort of moderation. That did not exist in HN. Um, and one of the things I spent quite a lot of time compiling in the aftermath of Gamergate is we actually built up a, a network to document what happened there on boards like Baphomet and other ones like that. So, um, yeah, this man's name is Frederick Brennan. Uh, some of the crimes he is helped facilitate um, was stolen credit card information. Um, just a personal example, uh, they published a diagram of my house with uh, suggestions for a mass shooter about how to come in and murder my family, which rooms we might be in. Uh, there was child pornography there. That's been well documented. An entire host of uh, very, very powerful cyber weapons were hosted on this site. Um, plans to murder a federal judge with their social security number, their address their license plate, the car they drive, um, that level of information. Um, you know, this is, um, this is all, these are all things that he facilitated. And the thing I believe is if we have black people sitting in Rikers Island in New York right now for having a pound, like a freaking joint in their pocket, I don't understand why 
Frederick Brennan is not answering in a court of law for the things that happened on his watch. If he's sorry now, that's great. But to me, this is exactly the same as if a drunken driver went and killed a family and then was going to like help pass drunken driving awareness. That's great if you want to do that at this point. You still need to go face the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we are going to segue <laughs> gently and take a minute to talk about a new sponsor to us, Willow Tree. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That comes after that. Oh, my gosh. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Willow Tree. Willow Tree is a mobile innovation agency that creates products for Pepsi, HBO, American Express, and many more. And listen up, folks, they're hiring. If you need a new challenge, a fresh start, or just the next career step, oh, this ad is for you, so keep listening. The Willow Tree team has launched over 500 apps, websites, and bots that impact millions of users. So this is your chance to be part of something big. Willow Tree believes that diverse teams create the best products, and not only do they have a rating of 4.8 out of 5 on Glassdoor, whoa they were voted the best place to work in tech by Glassdoor and Fortune. That is awesome. If you are a software engineer on iOS or Android, a designer, or a project manager, apply to join their team now at bit.ly slash willow tree rocket. So that's bit.ly slash willow tree rocket. That is, again, bit.ly slash willow tree rockets. Apply now or just go there and bookmark it for later so that you can apply when it suits you. Dream big, folks. Thank you so much, Willow Tree, for your support of Rocket and Relay FM. All right. Let's end on a happier note. Hey. Yes. Hey, guys. Yes. Have you been keeping up on that Krispy Kreme beat? Oh, my uh, God. We oh don't my cover God. enough trash food we on this show. We don't cover enough we trash food. We used to cover more trash food. I know. And then Christina moved to a place that doesn't like fast food, and it, it became an issue. Yes. Because you were, you were always, you, Christina, of all my friends, are the one most willing to stand in line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so Krispy Kreme, they made a Reese's Donut. They made two oh my Reese's God. Donuts. A peanut butter lover's oh, Reese's donut and a chocolate, and a chocolate lover's chocolate. Reese's donut. What do I do with this information? Um, you, you, somebody put peanut butter in my chocolate. Somebody put chocolate in my peanut butter. How have you not gone and gotten one? You guys well, live in areas with this. Well, okay. The problem is, is that there's only like one Krispy Kreme that's sort of nearby and it's in a sketchy area. It's in Soto and it's kind of an industrial thing. So it's not easily accessible by like public transit. So it's one of those things where if I go, like Grant's going to have to go and like, I don't know if they have a drive through. It's a whole thing, but I'm going to figure it out because I, I found out say, about this. Christina, let me tell you about that Krispy Kreme. Sorry. Let me pull out my yes, please Seattle do. card. Yes, please do. Because you, you, you have the Seattle card for sure. I do not. That Krispy Kreme is massive. It definitely has a drive-thru. Uh, I will concede that Soto is horrible to get to by public transit, but the it, it's like right by the sh- uh, oh, a music venue whose name I have forgotten. I want to say the Showbox, but I think the Showbox might be closed and or somewhere else entirely. But it's like the perfect late night place for after concerts in that area. Um, I think it's really close to um, where the football games be. I'm I'm giving back my Seattle card. I'm sorry. I can't talk. 
No, 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 no. It, it, you're you're not wrong in the slightest. It, it, you're exactly right. It's just it's kind of a pain to get to. Um, mm-hmm. So Grant will have to go and pick it up for me. But yeah, I'm I'm, I, I'm, I'm just down. I would go into a van in a sketchy neighborhood with a guy with like a a wife beater tank top and one tooth. They could go like, come into my van and I will give you this donut. And I would say yes to that. That is that is the crack Donalds in uh, in downtown <laughs> Seattle. This raises okay. an even bigger issue, which is I think something we are all afflicted by Christina only has one Krispy Kreme it's in Soto I only have one Krispy Kreme it's in Penn Station Brianna doesn't even have a Krispy Kreme it's in Connecticut Uh where are they I it it's Duncan. It's Big Donut. Well, I, I was gonna say I was gonna, I was gonna yeah. say it's it's Big Duncan. Except, and this is actually a real travesty. There's no Dunkin' Donuts in the state of Washington. Oh. Dunkin' Donuts can suck my butt. All I care about <laughs> is Krispy Kreme. I mean, I'm with you. Krispy Kreme is better, but the fact that I went from having a Dunkin' Donuts on every street corner ever. Like, how many Dunkin' Donuts are there in New York City, Simone? 50 bajillion million. Right. I mean, there's literally one on every street corner. Like, there are more Dunkins than there are Starbucks, right? And so I blame the big coffee lobby on why they're not in Seattle. But, you know, it's also, I'm like, look, both can coexist. New York City has proven that. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then there's the New York well, thing about, about Krispy Kreme. Well, the Krispy Kreme thing in New York is bothers me, though, because it's like, Tim Hortons tried to like get in and it's like, go back to Canada with your terrible donuts and your terrible coffee. Like I love Canada, but I don't love Tim Hortons. That stuff is bad. Like yeah. now the South where I'm from. Oh, okay. This is Krispy what I wanted to talk to you about. Yes. Yes. You had Shipley's, right? No, no, no. We had Krispy Kreme. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. It looks like there <laughs> <Sorry>. are <laughs> clusters of Krispy Kremes in the Maryland area. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot. It's where they start to get thick on the ground. <laughs> this this endangers my political career to say this, but you got to understand, I grew up in Mississippi and there's like the northern version of a donut and then there's the southern unhealthy version of a donut. Yep. <laughs> and the southern unhealthy version of a donut is Shipley's Donuts. If you're ever in the South and you see a Shipley's Donut, stop immediately and go get it. They have a donut that I literally still dream about because they had them all through Mississippi. And it is a donut fried with nothing but white ice cream cake inside of it. Oh my God. That sounds amazing. So calorie-rific and it is amazing. So you go and it's like, this is what you eat growing up. And you're like, this is what a donut should taste like. And then you go to freaking Dunkin'. Are you kidding me? They don't even make them there. They make them at a factory well, and then ship they, them It's in. a travesty. They, it is a travesty, but they did used to make them every day. Got to make the donuts. That's like, it's a fairly new thing that now they're shipped in. And I agree, it is a travesty. There is something to be said. Like, I didn't grow up with the Shipley's. We grew up with Krispy Kreme. But there is something to be said. You see the light on at Krispy Kreme, and you go in and you get the hot donuts, like, oh, right off the line. Oh, oh, oh. And I'm sorry, but I... It's better than sex. Like, there's nothing better than a hot Krispy Kreme donut. There's just not. There was, and I'm very excited about trying the Reese's donut, but there was, I don't know if, if anyone in the audience remembers this, they had a uh, a Krispy Kreme uh, coffee drink, like, 10 years ago that, huh. like, literally was, like, a blended, like, frozen drink. It was, like, a Krispy Kreme, like, Frappuccino. Not and, sure how I feel about it. Uh, it was, like, drinking a Krispy Kreme donut. It was amazing. I feel great about it. 
It was the greatest thing in the entire world. And every, I remember there were like a million articles. Everyone was like, oh, the humanity. Our calories are so terrible. Fast forward now and like Starbucks literally has like a new unicorn drink every other day. And it's like, this is why we're all fat. It's fine. <laughs> we're all going to die of, of high cholesterol and, and heart disease and all this stuff. And it's, it's fine because you know what? I drank a Krispy Kreme donut like like as a like as a as a frozen drink. That's amazing. I don't buy it. I'm happy with the I'm I'll drink whatever I want. I I just I want this trash food. And I feel like I feel like we should cover more trash food on Rocket. I feel I very agree. strongly. Well, about everyone that. Including- listening should make it their mission to go out and try the Reese's donut and let us know how it is cuz some of us are not going to be able to find it. And that's too bad because I will not go into Penn Station unless I have to. But I want to talk about what we're doing this week. Yeah, I was just going to say, though, Simone, the one thing I will say, because where that Krispy Kreme is, if you happen to be on 33rd, if you happen to be like in the area for whatever reason, maybe you're near MSG. I don't know. I have. I mean, I'm okay. I shouldn't admit that I've gone onto Penn Station before for Krispy Kreme, but I actually have. So it's, it's one of those things you can do. It, it there's a there's a burger king I mean, nearby. I'm sure physically I could do it, but I'm just saying if you were in the neighborhood. I mean, look, that was where I had to go. Uh, when am burger I king ever right in there. that neighborhood? I don't know. Maybe you have a shoot somewhere. I don't know. Like I, I had meetings like there the often. Plague. Christina, tell me what you're doing this week. No, wait, 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 before we do that, you oh got to understand this. As as New Yorkers and former New Yorkers, I am mystified by the animosity there is towards Penn Station. I mean, it's gross. Yeah, it's not the cleanest place, but I, I'm there all the time because that's where Amtrak is. And right, that's, I, that's, yes. I just don't get it. I mean, it's it's not, I wouldn't want to, like, make a home there, but it's not the worst public transportation. It's, it's, it's very comparable to the metro in D.C. It's just, okay, so, like, because there's Grand Central and there's Penn Station, and, like, it is, Grand Central is nicer. Like, it just there's an how do i put this it's just it's like there's so much you have so much so many other things happening in the area and then you have to get there and then it's then kind of like a weird part of like you know the city i understand the aversion to penn station i just i used to have to have a lot of meetings in that area so i guess i was like you know i deal with it more but i i understand especially if you're there like in the morning like, and you know this, I mean, if you're coming in because you have to take a train or you're going someplace, like that's one thing, but to be there when you're not commuting and you're not like okay. going to Connecticut, yeah, then like, that's, that's not where you want to be. Christina, what are you up to this week? <laughs> <laughs> um, I am, uh, let's see, what am I doing? Uh, doing work stuff and uh, doing my videos at a uh, youtube.com slash Microsoft developer. And um, that's about it uh just uh nothing that exciting unfortunately it is hot right now i have to say Um, (laughs) i have nothing to say to that uh it's actually been quite cool it's been cooler here and i've been enjoying it a lot uh brianna what are you doing this week I am working to the point of exhaustion. Um, You know, uh, (laughs) I got about an hour to myself today. I got an hour the day before. Uh, It's just been very, very busy on the campaign, which is a good problem to have. Also, by the time this goes live, uh, I'm going to have an op-ed in WAPO, uh, Washington Post. uh, And uh, it's about how video games are not to blame for violence. I'm tired of the Republicans trying to pretend like it is, because it's not. So (laughs) that's what I'm up to. 
Uh, what am I doing? Uh, it, Tara, my boss, is back, and it is oh. my I'm my last week at work before vacation. I'm going on vacation next week, uh, which is something I don't think I've technically done since January. I'm super pumped. I'm going to go to Italy and drink a lot of wine. Hell um, yeah. And take a lot of photos of myself. <laughs> Maybe I'll make some TikToks while I'm there. <laughs> You, you should definitely make some some Instagram stories um, or some and some TikToks. This is kind of what I wish. Like all these platforms are great, but because they're all in competition, like you can't like syndicate from one to the other, which you could do in the early days of the social web, which was awesome. Mm. And instead now it's like I have to open up like six different apps to make content and then I just get bored and lazy and then I don't do any content. But we're going to miss you next week, but have a really good vacation. And um, Thank you. I'm so excited. Congratulations. I'll be doing call time. Ah. We'll be Marie, where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me uh, on the Facebook machine at uh, developer Brianna Wu. You can see me on Twitter at Brianna Wu. And if you want to support my congressional campaign and stop the Republicans from uh, banning video games, you know, tell they're them not going to ban shootings. video games. Yeah, they're going to blame it on it. It's so oh, rude. God. Oh, God. It's all so just sad. ridiculousness. Uh, well, circus. Anyway, if you want to support my congressional campaign, you can do that by going to supportbrianna.com. And Christina, what about you? Uh, you can find me on the Twitter at film underscore girl, also on Instagram on occasion. And uh, you can find, like I said, my work videos at youtube.com slash Microsoft developer. Heck yeah. And I'm on Twitter at Doom Quasar. And this podcast is on Apple Podcasts and everywhere else that podcasts are heard. And if you enjoy it, uh, we'd love it if you could take a couple seconds to review it uh, and help other people find it as well so that they can enjoy my dulcet and or shrill, and or fluctuating tones on a weekly basis. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening. This episode of Rockets is terminated. 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 Terminated.